Before we get into the next episode, I want to ask you for your questions. It's time to really get personal with Dr. Chris. We're doing an Ask Me Anything episode as we get into the holiday season. So reach out to me with your questions on Instagram at Dr. Chris Wallace or email at drchriswallace.com. I love dedicating an entire episode to you. A woman's libido is tied to her hormones, but it's also woven in her thoughts, dreams, sensory experiences, creativity, and feelings towards your partner. We're complicated, right? And you can add in there kids, dog, career, like all, all that stuff. You know, I got to pick up so-and-so at this time. What am I going to do about tomorrow? How about the lunches? Da-da-da-da. No, well, no wonder. No wonder. We're never focused, and that is part of the problem. After 40, we go through some major changes. I mean, if you want to call it something, you can call it just the, the frazzled 40s if you want to. But it's, we don't, we're not meant to procreate. Our hormones leave our body, but we still want to, maybe, or we should. How about that? Because it's fun. This is Get Personal with Dr. Chris. Real life stories and informative conversations, helping you take control of your health and feel like yourself again. A couple of months ago, we played you a talk I did about hormones for a group of women a lot like my patients and you, my podcast audience. I loved doing that presentation and we heard that you liked listening to it too. So when I did a follow-up, I knew I had to share it with you. This one was inspired by an amazing book by Dr. Jennifer Landa called The Sex Drive Solution for Women. This is a topic that comes up all the time in my practice. It affects all of our lives and it can change a lot as we get into our 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond. The good news is when you approach it from a naturopathic and holistic perspective, there is so much we can do to boost our libido and sexual health. There are the typical treatments with nutrition, exercise, and hormones, but there are also others that you might not expect at all, like specific herbs and shifts in mindset. They're simple things anyone can do that can make a huge difference. Hi, ladies. I'm so happy to be back. I loved presenting back in uh, April. I met so many great people, and today we're going to take it a little step further. A lot of what I'm going to talk to you today is based on a book called Your Sex Drive Solution. So it's sitting on my computer, and I'm going through some stuff, and I'm doing my research, and my husband comes up. He's like, where'd you get that book? (laughs) And I'm like, I've had the book. And he goes, what's it say? (laughs) I'm like, do you want me to read it to you? (laughs) So, you know, it's all personalized. You know, what's nice about what I do is I'm a woman, and I'm in my mid-50s, almost not in my mid-50s anymore. And it's nice to be able to share journeys together. So let's get going. Sex, libido, relationships, really just how to get your sexy back. So I love to share 
what I hear in my office every single day. And a lot of it is I don't feel like myself. It's more than hot flashes. It's more than I can't sleep. It's more than I gained weight. It's more, it's, it's all of it, right? It's just the whole thing. But a lot of times it is, I don't know what's wrong with my relationship. I don't have sex. My husband does. Or I want to have sex and my husband doesn't. <laughs> that happens, believe it or not, but not very often. So I wanted to just kind of def define things. Libido is all about Sigmund Freud, by the way. Those of you that know a little bit more about my history know my master's degrees in health psychology. I was a psych major. I was all psychology for a very long time. And then the whole biology thing came up and then the doctor thing came up and I'm like, ah, I really like that. But Freud was kind of an interesting little dude. So did you know the hysterectomy is named hysterectomy because they used to think that women were hysterical so they took out their uterus? Yeah, okay, that was Freud. Anyway, libido, <laughs> desire and lust, nothing wrong with it, it's pretty fun. Sex, well, we all pretty much know what that is, um, but it's stimulation, orgasm, all those things. But the relationship means it takes two. And what I'm gonna to talk to you today about is not just hormones, it's all of it, right? If you've lost your get up and go, it might not just be that you need hormones, although I'm here to help you with that. It might be a couple other things. So we're gonna talk about those couple other things. A woman's libido is tied to her hormones, but it's also woven in her thoughts, dreams, sensory experiences, creativity and feelings towards your partner. We're complicated. Right? And you can add in there kids, dog, career, like all, all that stuff. You know, I saw a meme once where there was a woman, two men, a man and a woman uh, in bed, and he's like, sex, 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 sex is coming out of his brain, right? Out of her brain, kids, I'm going to pick up so-and-so at this time. What am I going to do about tomorrow? How about the lunches? Da, 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 da. No, well, no wonder. No wonder. We're never focused, and that is part of the problem. After 40, we go through some major changes. I mean, if you want to call it something, you can call it just the, the frazzled 40s if you want to. But it's, we don't. We're not meant to procreate. Our hormones leave our body, but we still want to because it's fun. And think about this. Have you ever noticed in your own relationships when everything's going fairly well sexually, it kind of adds to the equation. It's like, no, yeah, this is kind of fun. I like this 15, 20%. It's kind of on your thought process a little bit. But when it's not going well, you know, when you're kind of in a slump a little bit, it's like... 80% of your worry sometime in your relationship. It gets bigger, and we don't want it to be big. We want it to be fun. We want it to be good. So testosterone gets a, a really good pat on the back here. We like testosterone for sex drive and for libido, right? But it's not the whole thing. It's not the whole thing. We just talked a lot about stress. We're gonna talk even more about stress, but we talked about stress in the gut, stress in our lives. Stress will kill a libido, 100%, but not exercising, watching your diet, medications. Oh no, that's a pet peeve. Oh, I hate the medications. I'll talk about that in a few minutes, we'll get there. Excessive alcohol, which is too bad. What about your guy? I have women in my office, we get their hormones on board, everything is good, life is good, especially my 50-something women who have 50-something husbands. Um, yeah, and he's got some issues as well. So I see both men and women in my office, mostly women, but a lot of times the women bring me their men. It happens. The psychology of libido is a big deal. For us women especially, we have to feel safe. We have to feel good about ourselves. How many, I hear so many stories, I need the lights off, 
I need to get this done. And I don't, you know, and then I'm out. It's over. I don't want to see myself. I don't want to think about it. Let's just get this done. I hear it a lot. I don't want to hear that anymore. It's because we don't have it inside here. We're not comfortable with ourselves. The dopamine and serotonin in our lives is a really big deal. Dopamine, feel good stuff, right? We want to shop, drink, have sex, well, maybe <laughs> smoke. All those things that make us feel good. Serotonin keeps away the anxiety. These two neurotransmitters are vital for our sex life, vital. We even have compounded formulas to help dopamine, to help increase your de desire and libido. I don't really want to use those things. I'd rather go at this a little bit differently, but we can do that. Stress of the day or stress in a relationship will kill the libido. The secret sauce of libido is mindfulness. Have you heard the term mindfulness? Yeah. Have you overused it? Yeah, probably. But it's about being in the situation, being present at that moment. We have a mind-wandering list, kids, career, nothing fun is going to happen. No joyful, sensual experience is going to happen. We have all those lists going in our head. How to get your feeling sexy back. We you know, 100 years ago, a sexy woman didn't look like all of us, <laughs> right? The, the, if you go to the museums, those women don't look like us. They're much more voluptuous. It's just recently we have this thought process of what we're supposed to look like and supposed to do. We have to check in with ourselves first. So physically, have you ever looked at your physical body? It's very important to get to know those little body parts because getting comfortable with them makes us feel better about ourselves. How many of you ever, when you had, how many of you have had babies? All right. You have that, but you know, have they ever, did they offer you a mirror ever? Like when you, oh my God, I'm like, I don't want to see that happening. <laughs> but, but, and you maybe don't want to see what happened after. <laughs> but I am here to tell you, I see it a lot. And I'm here to tell you, every single one of you looks different. Every single one of you looks different, and that's amazing and perfect. The down under surgeries that go on out there, if you want to do it, do it. But if you're doing it for somebody else, don't do it. And if you want to know what a down under surgery is, you can ask me a little bit later. But it's all about you and nobody else. Get to know those parts because they're okay. The senses are what matter. More that, what happens when somebody touches you? How do you feel? It feels good. We remember things in our life because of the smells. And we hear a song, it takes us right back to somewhere special because we're hearing it. Our senses matter as much, if not more, and help with the sexy feeling then touching those areas that we talked about in that first bullet point. It's the senses and what's been set up around us, setting up feeling, setting the mood so that we feel sexy. Have any of you ever bought um, silk pajamas? I think I should do a promo for this company. I really do. Maybe I'm going to do, maybe give me free jammies. I will, I will promise you, if you save your money, and it's gonna be a little bit of money. Save your little bit of money <laughs> and get one pair of silk pajamas. It might change your life. Just going to bed in silk pajamas changes your whole outlook. And I'm not gonna say that sex happens at night because I'll talk about that in a minute. It doesn't have to, but it makes you feel sexy. Why? 
it's soft, it's cool, it's not sweaty, <laughs> which is a whole nother issue. It's soft, it's cool, you feel good in it. It's a color you picked out. You're setting yourself up for, for success that evening. You are, and if you don't wanna buy the silk pajamas, Ask your husband or your partner to get them for you. That would be good. Now, I want one thing I really want you to understand is that last bullet point. If you're one of the women like I have in my office that for some reason or another had to have a hysterectomy, but they said, we're gonna save your ovaries, it's gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. You're gonna, your, your hormones will be fine. Your libido will be fine. No big deal. It doesn't matter if you still have your ovaries. A couple years after they take that poor little uterus out, your ovaries are gonna be so lost, they're gonna shut down. So just so you know, if somebody said, we're just gonna take out the uterus and you're gonna feel fine, probably not because your body is so much smarter. Just like what Jillian said, your body is very smart. Once you take the uterus out, the ovaries are like, what happened? I got nothing, there's nothing down there. I'm not gonna make any more hormones. So feeling sexy is about getting to know your own sexual body, Understanding how important touch, sight, smell, listening, scent, wearing perfume. Ask your partner to wear something. Pheromones are matter, and knowing about your own hormones are super important. So obviously, it's a favorite subject of mine. But when I'm talking to a group like this, I have women here who might be in your 30s, 40s, 50s, our hormones are all at different levels. Everybody's hormones are different right now. And they're all gonna be affecting you in a different way, but they're all gonna affect your desires. They're all gonna affect your libido. And they're all gonna affect your sexual function, which I haven't even mentioned yet. Because if you're not having fun, if there's no orgasm or you're in pain, why in the world would you even wanna have sex? right? There's no libido happening. So your hormones will help you with all of that. Estrogen is a stimulating hormone. We love it because it gives us energy. It stimulates growth. It also stimulates that uterine lining. Low estrogen, which is perimenopause, menopause, oh, very dry. A little bit of vaginal atrophy. Nothing feels good. No, no bueno. But estrogen always benefits bone, mood, memory, skin, all those important things. And it's responsible for weight gain in perimenopause and menopause. You know why? Because your body's smarter than you are. Guess where you can get estrogen from if your ovaries stop making it? You're fat, especially abdominal fat. So your body's like, oh no, we don't have any more estrogen. We're gonna store some fat and then we're gonna get some estrogen and we're gonna store it in your belly and it's gonna be fantastic and we're gonna love it and you're gonna be like, I hate this gut. So we have to be smarter than that. We need to give you a little estrogen to make that go away. Progesterone is so calming. Those of you that have had babies and been pregnant, it, for many of us, it's the most calm time in our entire life, <laughs> especially before the storm hits when the baby's born. But it's very calming because our progesterone is at a very high level, very calming, helps you sleep, it promotes better thyroid function, balances our blood sugar, really reduces anxiety. You can see where both those hormones are super important uh, with libido, the interplay between estrogen and progesterone, they are balancers. 
Testosterone, I'm going to come back to in a minute, but here's some inside information. Men make 10 times as much <laughs> testosterone as we do, so well, there's that. Um, but our testosterone can come not only from our ovaries, but also our adrenal glands. In walks stress. If your adrenal glands are shot because you're stressed out all the time and you're not getting any sleep, even that tiny bit amount of testosterone your adrenals can make for you is not going to be made anymore. So we've just shot it all. And after about the age of 38, our ovaries do not make testosterone anymore. So now we're fully relied upon our, our adrenal glands as we get older. And after 50, really after 45, it's almost impossible for your adrenal glands to make testosterone anymore because we've just burnt them out because we are running like crazy all the time. So we need a little extra testosterone. Thyroid and cortisol. You wouldn't expect to see thyroid in a little conversation about sex and libido, would you? Who would expect to see thyroid in that conversation? If you're my patient, you better raise your hand. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> good, good. Your thyroid is in charge of everything. It helps with your sex hormones. If you're tired because your thyroid is deficient, you're not gonna wanna have sex. No. And you're gonna be dry because thyroid helps with that, and you're not gonna feel good because you might've put on some weight and you won't feel happy. Deficiency is common, affects estrogen, leads to the heavy periods, the brain fog, low energy, and definitely decreased libido, especially after pregnancy. So let me go back to our 30s and maybe early 40s people in here. If you've just had a baby or you have a two-year-old or you have a four-year-old, your thyroid probably is gonna take a year, two years, three years to recover. Give yourself some time. That's a rough time. So giving yourself some things I'm gonna talk about in a minute on your own will help your thyroid recover. And then cortisol in response to stress is gonna mess the entire thing up. I already told y'all how that's gonna happen because you're not gonna have any testosterone coming from those adrenal glands. Oop. So you're frazzled in your 40s, maybe 30s. Hormones are shifting, feeling overwhelmed, you might get estrogen dominance because your ovaries stop making progesterone when you're stressed, and they always stop making progesterone at about age 40 anyway. So if you get too much estrogen, not enough progesterone, you are super anxious, can't relax. No way are you gonna think about having sex. No way, because you've just got too much crap going on in your life. Not happening. The adrenal fatigue and estrogen dominance and testosterone deficiency leads to all those unfortunate things, especially the relationships. The 40s have a tendency to really fly by. I don't know about you, but when I was in my 40s, I have no idea what music was happening like in the 2000s. I have no idea. Don't even ask me. I have no idea. My kids would play, I, have, I don't know. I, I, I had so many kids and so many carpools and so many things. I don't even know what happened at that time frame in my life. Which brings me to another time. Perimenopause and menopause. Your periods are erratic or maybe gonna go away. Now you have low estrogen and everything's dried up. You don't feel like yourself anymore. There's a 50% divorce rate. You're supposed to be empty nesting and feeling like a million bucks, but you're not because you don't remember who your husband is. So there's a lot of pressure. There is a lot of pressure at that point too. So now you're not busy anymore because the kids maybe went to college and now you're like, well, okay, now I have to be super woman because now your kids are gone and you feel like your career should be like amazing and you have to get to know your husband all on top of that. What happens when we revisit testosterone? Testosterone is the hormone of physical arousal. Blood flow, ladies, it's all about blood flow. We need blood flow to the area. 
Testosterone gives us that. Estrogen also will give you a little bit of that. So blood flow is what it's all about for you, for men, for everybody. Blood flow gives you sensation. You can feel things. If something feels good, you're going to want to do it again. It's just as easy as that. Now, there's a lot of other things, especially with the relationship and stuff, but if you can feel it, it's going to be better. Testosterone helps with motivation, drive, muscle building. It helps a lot with mood, a lot with mood. I see it in my patients every single day. If I replace testosterone, a lot of times I'm able to take people off of a lot of um, SSRIs or antidepressant medication. It's amazing. I put this in here just to remind you that on hormones alone, your libido won't live. Nutrition's important. It always is. I mean, if you feel good about what you've eaten in your day, what, how you've done on your nutrition for the last month or six weeks or whatever, all of a sudden you feel like a new woman, right? I have women in my office all the time. I was like, oh, I feel so much better. I've been exercising. I've watched my nutrition. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, I think I'll go have sex. <laughs> but a little bit more information. If you're sensitive to things, if things make you feel inflamed, gluten and dairy, that's not going to make you feel good. You're not going to want to do that. Eat enough, but not too much. We don't know what to eat. A lot of us are food fear. And if we eat the right foods, then we have the energy we need to keep going. Supplements, I want you to see these. Important for a pro-libido lifestyle. Omega-3s, decrease in inflammation, increase blood flow. There's the blood flow again. Vitamin D helps the brain, helps the hormones, helps the libido. Magnesium is going to relax the muscles and help with blood flow. Probiotics, always about the gut, right? When the gut's working, everything's absorbing. Now we feel like we can feel good about doing whatever we're doing. Sexy herbs. I love this. If you didn't take a picture, you should take a picture. There actually is something called horny goat weed. <laughs> there really is something called that. It's a real thing. And if you look at all the testosterone supplements for men, it's in there. There's no horny goat weed in our supplements. Oh, no. But don't worry, I could get it for you if you really wanted it. So, <laughs> it's a Chinese aphrodisiac, I swear. It's an alternative for Viagra. And I really do, really, really do prescribe scream cream when I need it. You put scream cream goes on all the areas. Yes, it brings blood flow. It's fantastic. Scream cream. Yep, it's amazing. The secret ingredient is actually Viagra. It works for both sexes. Just so you know. What'd you say? Add to cart. Add to cart. <laughs> Click. You know, I was wondering what my next stream of income should probably be. I think I'm going to come up with my own screen cream. Put that on the list. That's happening. <laughs> All right. I know this is kind of boring, and you're probably sick and tired of me and everybody else telling you should do it, but if we don't exercise, there's no way we're going to increase our endorphins. There's no way we're going to get rid of cortisol, and there's no way we're ever going to want to have sex. So exercise. I wanted to get to this. Very important that we understand that there are over 200 very common medications that affect sexual desire and function. Very common. SSRIs, blood pressure lowering medication, statins, sleeping medications, pain medications, antihistamines, all of those things, some of those things dry you up, some of those things affect blood flow, some of those things make you not want to elevate your 
move, elevate your anxiety. In other words, anti-anxiety medications do this on purpose. And if you can't get here, you're never going to have an orgasm. So you're not really, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't know that I'd want to have sex. So think that through. This one, important. How to revive your bored libido. Let's say you get everything fixed up. We talk, we get you some hormones, we figure out your nutrition, you're feeling good, you're on a good plan. Now what are you going to do? How are you going to revive that libido? These things work. Schedule sex. Do it. Schedule it. Spontaneity's in the movies. It's not real. Have you ever noticed that? Nothing's spontaneous. <laughs> you got to plan it. We're planners. We're entrepreneurs. You can do it. If you even just ask your husband or your partner this, they're going to be like, okay, yeah, let's plan that. <laughs> Think about it. Just planning. It's foreplay. Like, plan it. Put it down. What are you, are you going to go eat first? Are you not going to eat first? You know, are you, are you going to put the kids with somebody else or not? Are you going to lock it up? What are you going to do? Just thinking about it. You want to do this. You're thinking about it right now. I know you are. Plan it. You will be so surprised. You will be so surprised how that works. And don't plan more than one. Just plan one, one, just one. And then maybe plan two. Take it from me. Write it down. That's one thing you can do. On that second half, one thing I can do from today's session. That's what you can do. You can also get to know yourself. Nothing wrong with this. You do not know how many women I talk to about this. You don't have to raise your hand, but you should get to know yourself. I love the Goop products. There's other very clean, reliable products out there. Once you get to know what you like, what it feels like, what all the areas are like, you take the pressure off of sex and orgasm when you're in it yourself. As soon as you're with a partner, then you're like, oh my God, I can't get there. I'm not going to get there. Am I ever going to get there? Oh man, he's going to get impatient. This is going to happen. Oh, the kids are going to come in. This is never going to work. I hate having sex. Totally goes through your brain. I know it. I've been married 34 years and I have four kids. I know you're thinking about all that. I know it. So try it out on your own. You'd be very surprised. Take a warm shower, a little bath, and get something from Goop. You can also do all that with your partner. All that's kind of interesting too. Mixing it up is okay. All I have on this slide that you need to understand and look at real quick is that all each one of these squares represents something that's getting in the way of or could be getting in the way of your libido and sexual desire. That's what I think is important to understand. Take a picture, look at it, understand that there's a lot that goes into this. You're not alone. Everybody goes through this. Everybody does, depending on if you've just had kids, you have kids running out all over and doing all kinds of sports and you don't know what you're doing, coming or going, or you're empty nesting. We all go through it. Is it the relationship? Is it your hormones? Is it your nutrition, your diet? Do you need more time for you? Do you just need more time for you? These are all the things that affect your sex drive. Sex Drive Solution for Women, Jennifer Landa, great book. Goop Sexual Wellness on goop.com. They have a great um, Instagram page too. Um, Getting the Love You Want, um, Harville Hendricks, it's a great book as well. And then the John Gottman, Gottman's um, a PhD that's done a lot of marriage and family counseling, a lot of, really a lot of marriage counseling, and they've got a whole a whole list of books by him. So whatever it is you need, it should be in here. Thanks so much for listening. So yay!